This is Brian Collins. I'm a uh, former Walt Disney Imagineer, and you're listening to the most wonderful podcast to hit the airwaves, Mousecapades. We're three caballeros. They say we are birds of a feather. We're happy amigos, no matter where he goes. The one, two, and three goes. We're always together. We're three happy chappies with snappy serapies. You find us beneath our sombreros. We're brave and we'll stay so. We're bright as a peso. We say so, the three caballeros. It's that time again, my friends. Time to book your ADRs and schedule your fast passes. We're going to take you on a trip to the vacation kingdom of the world. It all started with one man's dream, and boy, was that a big dream. From that dream, millions of memories, and in just as many smiles, remind us why we love it so much. So pack your bags and don't forget your magic bands and your Mickey ears, because it's time for another episode of the Mousecapades podcast with Nick and Dave. We stand close together, like books on a shelf. We have the Trifecta Threes Company. We are the Three Caballeros on the Mousecapades Podcast, the number one podcast that entertains that space between your ears. We have, as always, Dave. Say Yo, hi, dude. Oh, what up? Tiki Garden. Tiki hey, Garden. hey, hey. <laughs> there you are. He's awesome in the house with us. He just said hey. And, of course, myself. I am stoked for this episode because it's the three of us just talking about what we love to talk about. And, of course, that's Disney. John, this is too cool. I just want to say thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule. I know you've been really busy, my friend, and uh, you're going to be with us for the whole entire segment, so we really do appreciate it. We are the three Caballeros tonight. <laughs> That's right. I'm, I'm excited. I appreciate you guys having me on again. Well, today's episode, we're talking about magical moments. For the most part, most people, when they take a Disney World trip, it is a religious experience only felt in person with all the sights and smells of Main Street USA to various lands throughout the Magic Kingdom. The smells of old-time food blended with little Philharmonic, the sweet bell of the trolley car, the train blowing steam from the engine with the conductor tooting his horn. Who could ever forget the humidity walking into Adventureland overlaid with tribal music of beating drums as you walk across the boardwalk? And don't forget the musty smell of the wood and, and, and timber in Frontierland, the mystic magic of Fantasyland to the static clean metal and blast of rocket ships in Tomorrowland. These are just the little things Disney does to enhance our senses and our overall experience while vacationing at the happiest place on Earth. But it's so much more than that. The cast members are instructed to play yet another role that is very well orchestrated to give their guests the best sensational experience ever. We're in their wonderland, blended into a journey of our own childhood imagination. Cast members sometimes pull out that ace card from their pocket and call it magical moments that's going to be our topic of conversation in this episode what are the little things the cast members do going above and beyond for our personal enjoyment so grab a cup of joe kick back by the fire and let us warm your heart with some disney magical moments that have touched our hearts personally but first guys let's get into some rumors and news are you ready Let's do this. Okay, so yep. so Disney, I guess this is dealing with uh, down. Uh, excuse me, not downtown Disney, but uh, Disney Hollywood Studios. Two permits were filed for the retention pond and a new fireworks launch. 
Uh, I had caught wind of this a while back, but I guess now it's uh, it's final. The the permits are in. Did you guys hear anything on this, John? Have you? Uh, so I, th- this is pertaining to the Star Wars fireworks, correct? Is this is this what we're talking about here? I would assume so. I tried looking up the permit number, and I couldn't get anything on the uh, Florida State site where you can go and type in uh, permit numbers, but nothing would pop up. It just said new fireworks launch site. So I would assume, yes. Yeah, that was, and, that, and that's coming up really quick. That's starting here on the 18th. So, I mean, we're just over a little week, a week and a half away from that actually happening, I believe. I hope their permit gets approved then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I punched in the number no today, and I could not find anything on that permit number. So it's probably already been filed and it's gone. You right. Know. Uh, Cali River Rapids at Disney's Animal Kingdom is scheduled to close for just over a month in early 2016. The refurbishment is set to begin on January 5th through February 11th, reopening to guests on February 12th, 2016. So, some other rides, Dave. I thought of you on this one. Yeah, what do you got? Under refurbishment, currently is Tomorrowland's The People Mover, which was closed on the 7th on you know Pearl Harbor Day. Right. And it is set to open actually today. So John, I know you've been in the Magic Kingdom quite a bit. Did you see this going on? I did. Actually, you know, I I did not know about the people mover being under a refurb, but um, I went to Magic Kingdom yesterday and they had walls up everywhere where uh, you know, you get on the little little track to go up to the people mover and yeah, it was definitely down for a refurb. I saw one of the cast members open the door, and they just had, like, center blocks everywhere behind the walls. So I'm not exactly sure what they were up to, but it sounds like something that was really quick since it was only down for a couple days. But, yeah, I definitely uh, noticed that yesterday. And that ride, that ride is never down. I've never seen that ride down for anything. Yeah, it's always going on. It's all reliable. Yeah. Hey, Nick, hey, Nick, talking about that Cali River Rapids, I just had to stop and remind you of the story that I had. When we were out in California last time, we sat down in the in the boat. We were getting ready to take off. We look across, and the guy across from me is wearing a, a Cardinal shirt. So we get to talking. You know, we're, we're over a 1,000 miles away from my home to Disneyland. The guy lives like 10 minutes from my house. He lives in O'Fallon, Missouri. Really? Didn't know the guy. Some stranger. We get on the car. It's my family and his family. And here we are, a thousand miles away from home, riding this ride together. We live five, ten minutes away from each other. And that has to do with Cali River Rapids, how? Because that was the ride. Oh, okay, got it. You mean you're talking about Disney World? I was just going to say too. So who's who's going to be the sucker that actually says the line there? You know, it, that it actually is a small world after small all. Small world. Is <laughs> <it>? <laughs> that was you. I wasn't even thinking that. And with that, let's go to the Osborne Lights. That was good, John. Uh, the Osborne Lights, dude. This It may not be leaving after all, according to a cast member at uh, Disney Hollywood Studios. Again, that's just rumor, so don't get too excited. It is coming from a cast member, and it's a rumor from a cast member, and we all know how that goes, right? So, Probably a bus driver. Right. They might not be leaving after all. Sure. Hey, have you guys heard of Vice Media? No. Okay, so... Disney has now invested a total of $400 million. Yes, you heard me correctly, $400 million. So that's where all of our ticket uh, increase in sales is going to, I guess, uh, into Vice Media. Now, they did throw $200 million at them earlier this year and just another $200 million uh, within the last week. And Vice Media is rolling out what's called Vice Land, taking over the History Channel, you know, the second one, H2. And uh, all of the other A&E channels, they also own some of the programming on HBO as well. So Disney is apparently now 
uh, jointly in ownership of about 15% of this company. It didn't say what the reason was or why the move, so that was one of my questions. You know, it's one of my takeaways. What's the reason for this move for Disney? Are we going to see more Disney publications? No, nothing has been said about this other than Disney just threw more money down on Vice Media and they jointly own the network. So this was kind of confusing to me. What are your takes? That's a lot of money. That's the only thing I can think. For what? You know, there's nothing yeah, released I, I, other than it is what it is. What do you think, John? I don't, that, you know, the way that they throw around money and how many different things that, that, that they have their hands in is just crazy. And the, there's so many things that we don't even know about that you wouldn't even think Disney has anything to do with that they have some part ownership in. It's just they have the most diversified portfolio out of any company in the entire world, I think. Well said. Very good point. Yeah, this was a, a head-scratcher to me. I Maybe it's just to generate income. That's the only thing I can think of because you know they're probably not going to put out any Disney specials on this Vice Land or whatever it's called. I just don't see that happening. But who knows? You know, Disney does surprise all of us. Um, that is weird. And here's a surprise right now. You know, Walt's original office has been restored. Uh, Disney chairman and CEO Bob Iger joined Disney Legends, members of the Disney family, and other Disney Individuals dedicate Walt Disney's newly restored office suite on the Walt Disney Studios lot in Burnbank. Uh, the restoration uh, faithfully reconstructs Walt's formal and working offices and includes original furnishings, some items in his collection and miniatures, awards, and his piano. I thought this was pretty cool, man. So guests can actually go in and the employees to see uh, Disney's desk for inspiration, you know, visiting the center and get that creative piece flowing in their brains. I thought this was really neat. Yeah, yeah that, the, that, that is really cool. I'd like to see like a timeline of where these pieces go because, you know, they were a one man's dream at some point. Sure. And, and they've been to Marceline. I'm almost positive about that. Marceline, Missouri. And now they're out in California. I just want, I would like to see like a timeline of events for Walt's office furniture. It's, it's been all over the country. Yeah, too bad it wasn't in our basement, though. Uh, so, yeah. Um, yeah, right? <laughs> well, here's one. And, and, John, you brought this up last week, and you can thank the Tiki Garden for putting this out on his scopes. And he texted me, and it made me smile at work. Walt Disney Imagineering brought a welcome surprise to Epcot's World Showcase on Friday with the unveiling of a new audio animatronic finale to the Mexico Pavilion. Grand Fiesta Tour starring the three Caballeros. Hey. Now, this is in place of the former animated movie scene that was formed, uh, the attraction's finale, since its major refurbishment back in 2007. Three audio animatronic figures now complete the ride. The figures are actually from the Magic Kingdom's Mickey Mouse Revue, that, uh, which was closed in 1980. Yeah, a long time ago. Yeah, moving to Tokyo, actually, Disneyland, in 1983, guys. Uh, the three animatronics performed as part of a show until 2009 and have since appeared at various special events, but now have a permanent home, again, at Walt Disney World in Epcot. That's pretty cool, huh, John? Oh, my gosh. It is so amazing. Seriously, it just adds... You wouldn't think just adding something like that would add uh, so much more to a ride, but really, like it just it it really finalizes the ride and adds so much more to it. And just the motions that the animatronics have is really really cool. And especially just like you said, these are the animatronics that were from Mickey Mouse Review, uh, the Mickey Mouse Review, and they just look so I, I don't know it's hard to put into words, but it's just so well done. And it's amazing that they did it overnight. 
I know I had texted you the other day, Nick, after I had uh, wrote it a bunch of times, but I spoke to a couple cast members the other day, and literally no one knew about it. They came in to do their normal uh, ride-through in the morning, the cast members that worked the Grand Fiesta Tour, and they got to the ending and saw the animatronics. No, And that was the first time they had seen or heard anything about it. No one let them know it was happening. And That's that awesome. is just mind-blowing to me. Yeah, I read an article online that... Uh... They they worked on this during the night hours, and no one did know. You know, there were some cast members that were in this article stating that they didn't have a clue, and that just you know further solidifies what you were saying. You know, the whole time, and uh, it, it is really nuts. You know, we're starting to see this with some other ride refurbishments too. It's been leaked that other rides are being refurbed, and they're doing it at night, and they're not letting anyone know. It's it's. I think it's kind of cool that they're they're surprising people. But what makes this extra special, just for me personally too, you guys. This was a cartoon that I watched religiously as a kid. My parents bought it, and I watched it over and over and over and over again. And it's just, it, it's deeply seated, you know, in my childhood past and my memories. And so I can't wait to get out to see this this summer. Um, and, and just, you know, I mean, how awesome. Yeah, we recorded last week, and then I jumped right on YouTube and, and pulled it up. And I'm glad that you said where they came from, that Mickey Mouse review, because I was going to mention they do look really old school, the animatronics do. And uh, the other thing that's funny about that is you, you YouTube that Mickey Mouse review in Tokyo or wherever they were. It's a riot to see. Like, oh, I know. It's just a riot to see. It's the same show. It just is funnier because of where they are. So, Dave, you know, before I get into – I want to leave us with a with a comment that really grinds my gears. But before we get into something I've seen floating around the internet for the past year that I want to just go away and die, I want you to talk about how Disneyland almost made an appearance in St. Louis, and now there's something that came out this past week that is related to that. Yeah, I was so excited about this. But first, I, I mentioned about Cali River Rapids. It's Grizzly River Run. I totally blew it on that one. So I went Okay, to yeah, myself. that's why I was confused. Yeah, I don't want any listeners emailing us and talking about how I don't know my stuff, which I don't have the time, but that's <laughs> cool. Um, so, yeah, uh, our episode, one of the first episodes, I think it was number four, was kind of the first episode that I did the research on. And, and uh, you know, besides the two of us going back and forth, I kind of took the lead on that one because it was something that was kind of near and dear to my heart. And uh, we did an episode on how Disney had his hand in in prospective projects before the Walt Disney World project, and he made a stop in St. Louis several times, and they had uh, a deal in the works with St. Louis to put an amusement park, an indoor amusement park, right next to the Arch Grounds in downtown St. Louis, and uh, the plans made it to a, to a certain distance before finally the two sides, uh, Disney and the city of St. Louis, could not agree on who would pay for what. Weren't we just like seriously just a signature away, one yeah. dining and one signature away from at a dinner? Yeah, so it was it was so close, and then all of a sudden, you know, it was they couldn't agree on things like who would provide the air conditioning units and who would pay the water bill and stuff like that. So um, something in the news this week that I saw that just if I had the money, I would do it in a heartbeat is the blueprints for that project. You know, it got into the to the place where they were drawing up rides. They had all the ideas for rides and the blueprints for that project are up on the auction block this week. Starting bid is five thousand dollars. And I told my wife, Christmas is coming up, baby. It's time. Do it. That's pretty cool, John, right? That's a lot of money. Well, hey, I think, you know, we could we could pool all our money together here and it wouldn't be so bad. I mean, There's we could 13? Uh, be third partners, you know. Yeah, right. exactly. We could, uh, we could just split it three ways between, you know, all of us. And we could uh, 
each hold on to it for a couple years and then pass it back to each person. Yeah, so that story, like I said, was like our fourth episode. So go back and download it because I'm not just saying it. I guess I am saying it because it was me. But I no, it's a great episode. episode. It, it's one of my favorites. You know, yeah. and it, it enlightened me. I didn't realize we literally were a signature yeah. away at some dinner for having a Disneyland in St. Louis. I mean, you talk about a diverse part portfolio, John. I mean, he was Disney was thinking about putting an amusement park in Texas and St. Louis and Florida, like California, all the same time. Toronto. Yeah. Like he had all these places in mind, but but I don't think many of them got as far as the as the St. Louis project did. Right. Well. Well. Yeah. Like uh, the St. Louis project already had dra- like you said, plans drafted already with buildings yep. and and the land and everything else. Uh, and then that fell through, and just within what a week, I think he purchased land down in Orlando. It was like it was immediate. Yeah, so you let's know. just hope that uh, history doesn't repeat itself with the downtown football stadium for the Rams. <laughs> the, the land is there. Everything yeah. seems to be closed. We've got a good plan together. Right. And a signature away. Right, you're absolutely <laughs> right. So right, dude. let's don't, get into something. Don't jinx it, dude. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, Dave. Let's get into uh, a comment that I have seen floating around the internet for about a year, and it's really just grinding my gears, you two, and I want to hear you guys weigh in. John, you can go ahead and go first. This is what I have heard on the internet, grinds my gears, that Disney regrets Avatar. If they would have only known George Lucas was selling, they would have never made a deal with James Cameron. What are your thoughts, John? Oh, uh, that I, I, man. I totally Here's disagree. My thing. I'm not, I'm not a, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of the Avatar movie. I, I don't think it's a bad movie, but. You know, I, it's just nothing for me. However, that being said, how many countless rides are there currently in Disneyland and Disney World that people don't care about the movie or don't have any attachment to it besides that the ride that it's built upon? Take, for example, just easily right there, the one that's right in our face, Splash Mountain. How many people have actually seen Song of the South? I know I never have. However... Splash Mountain is one of my all-time favorite Disney rides. You can't even so buy Song of the, the South anymore. I think the same thing could be a... Yeah, exactly. That's, and that's that's exactly my point. You know what I mean? I think... I, I truly believe that the Avatar area is... The, the world of Pandora, whatever the heck they're calling it, is going to be truly amazing. Just from all the renderings we've seen and firsthand the things I've seen down here in Orlando of the construction that's going on, I think it's going to be really, really cool. And to hear something like that, I don't know, that just kind of sucks. I'm, re- I'm really looking forward to it. Again, I'm not a huge fan of the movie franchise. However, I don't think you have to be a big fan of a movie franchise to fall in love with an attraction or an area at Disney. So that's kind of my take on it. Yeah, I, I think it fits in really well with Animal Kingdom. Uh, the, this show was actually on uh, last weekend, I guess it was on. And in between, when, you know, when they come back from commercial breaks, they had some interviews and things like that. One thing I had no idea that they're making like three more of these Avatar movies. And uh, they've so been it's, saying that for a long time. Yeah, but though. they took us into the like. No, I know they centers. are. They took us into the studios and they showed us how they are creating the world of Pandora and everything. So I, I would agree that that comment's probably true. That if they would have known that they were going to be able to buy Marvel and and Lucasfilm, that they probably wouldn't have done this because that's a huge undertaking to to build this whole land around one movie. That's the difference. Is that. We're going. They're building a whole land. Pandora's a whole land, whereas you know Splash Mountain and rides like that's just a single ride. So they're they're putting a lot of eggs in that basket right there for um, something that only had one movie that came out. What was it like 
nine years ago or something like that. It was oh, dude, cr- crazy I, long. Cr- no, it wasn't that long ago. It was maybe three or four years ago. Dude. Really? That's it? Yeah, yeah. Maybe four See, years like ago, long. maybe. I don't know. I'll look I, I disagree with this, though. I'm not I, sure. I disagree with it. Yeah, look it up, Dave. I disagree with this uh, statement, and this has been floating around for the past year. I think it's going to do wonders for Disney. I mean, it, the rendering, you're right. John, you've kept us up to date on your periscopes. It looks great. They're putting in the floating mountains. I, I loved the movie. It's one of those movies I'll only see once, you know? So, like, when the second one comes out, it's not like I'm going to... It's not like I'm going to see it over and over again, you know? I don't know. I, I think it's going to do wonders. I think it's, cr- I think it's crazy awesome, and uh, the Imagineers behind it they get to let it all out, you know, especially with a world like Pandora. I agree. I think it's going to be crazy successful, and it's going to be super cool, but uh, our guess was in between us, Nick. It was 2009 was the release date. Okay, so it was six, like six years. years in between ago. your guess and my guess. There you go. We're both close. <laughs> We're both right. We can say that. And, you know, the, the thing is, though, I mean, with them buying Marvel and Star Wars, I mean, I, them buying Avatar, I mean, not buying Avatar, but doing this whole Avatar project, it's still going to be a good purchase or a good idea for them right. because what would they have put in Animal Kingdom pertaining to either of those IPs? Right, nothing would fit in there, and 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 Animal Kingdom has been needing something for a long, long time. I love I love the Animal Kingdom theme park myself, but you know it is a lot of people truly believe it's just a half day park, not even a half day park for some people. And this is something that can turn that all around and make it an all-day experience for people that maybe don't believe that philosophy right now. Here's my prediction. The good dinosaur. That's going into the park. Ooh, you think so? It totally needs to replace the rinky-dink carnival rides that they have in the back. I hate that part of the park. That park's about a two- to three-hour movie for – or a two- to three-hour park for me, and I'm I'm gone. We were out by 11 in my last visit. (laughs) Yeah. Um – yeah, speaking of, you know, where they should put things, real quick, I just want to say, I think Wally would be perfect for Epcot, by the way, you know, the whole environment thing. They really need to do something there with that. I love it. All right, let's move on. You know what, Dave? Uh, John, we, we got to tell him, take us back. Take us back. All right, there we go. We're traveling backwards in time. Right now, we're leaving the world of today behind. So if your imagination is ready, here we go. December 12th, 1925. We're going way back on this one. And, you know, Nick, I don't really ever announce people's birthdays on here. You know, they the, when I do my research, there's a lot of actors and actresses and people that really don't have a whole lot to do with Disney. But, you know, they may have been in one movie or something. Uh, I don't really ever announce them. But this one I thought was pretty cool. It's local to us, too, kind of. Uh, one of those major stars, Dick Van Dyke, was born. Oh, good old Dick. 1925, December 12th, 1925, and he was born in West Plains, Missouri. Now, I go to the Capitol building every year, and they have a Hall of Fame for Missourians. Why isn't Dick Van Dyke in the Missouri Hall of Fame? Yeah, he's not one of the busts. I've never seen Dick Van Dyke. He's not there. Yeah, you think rounding that corner, looking at all the busts, you'd see big old Dick Van Dyke. I mean, Rush Limbaugh's there. Yeah, I know. Rush is there. Time to start a petition, guys. It's on, man. I think going to be our new uh, pillar to stand on. I just love that line from uh, Saving Mr. Banks where they, they they tell the author that <laughs> that Dick Van Dyke's gonna play the lead and they're like he's a he's a class or he's a great and she's like uh, Pamela Travers is like Olivier was a great and she names off all these British actors that were good at singing and dancing I guess and she says Dick Van Dyke was not a great. 
<laughs> just That's a fun crazy. Line. I didn't realize he was from West Plains, Missouri. I did not either. So, so there's I, a connection with him and Disney, dude. Yeah, and I mean, he was born in 25. Um, so maybe their paths crossed. I don't know. I don't know. They anyway, could have. They definitely could have. What's next? All right, we got December 13th of 1975 construction announcement. The new park at the time, the experimental prototype City of Tomorrow. Which you need to bring back. They moved up the timeline. It was supposed to start in 1977, but they moved up a whole year. I guess they uh, they felt the pressure. The Epcot needs to go back to the roots too, you know. Yes, that'd be awesome. Build a build an apartment complex inside. I agree. Totally. <laughs> December 14th, 2003. We're moving up close to where we are now. Uh, this was the date that Pop Century Resort opened. Really? Yeah. So we okay. went there when it was still fairly new, and. Uh, you could look out over the over the lake and see where they were going to be building the the years. It was like the 20s, 30s, and 40s or something like that. And we, you know now it's the art of animation. But you could look out over there and it was they had a bridge that went over and it was the original bridge to nowhere actually because the bridge right. went to the other side and there was nothing there. So what 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 month was that? January. That was December 14th of 2003. Okay. All right. And uh, let's see here. You know, there's a whole backstory to that. The reason why that folded in the art of animation started but stopped and then regained momentum again. I just figured that they didn't build the, the years because the, you know, Pop Century went over okay, I guess. But I didn't. There's like some big, huge political thing and something else I think that was discovered during the building uh, while they were building. Uh, ask your buddy Mike. Mike knows the whole backstory. He was yeah. uh, he was talking to me about that, or actually texting me about it, uh, a long time ago. Really? Uh, well, yeah, we'll talk to him next week if he comes on. Yeah. All right. So then the next one I have is a pretty sad event. Um, you know, a week two ago we announced that it was Walt Disney's birthday, and it was happy birthday. Well, this is uh, December fifteenth, nineteen sixty six was the date that Walt Disney passed away. Oh, yeah, so, uh, but you know the '60s were that was a good womp, era, though. Womp, womp. <laughs> here comes the here comes Nick's trademark line. Here it you goes. know why the '60s was a good era? Why was that, Nick? Because you could pull up a, you could pull up someone's house with a bed in the back of your van, and it was acceptable. Yes, it was. All yes, right. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what my father-in-law always told me. I think that's how we got Karen. Anywho. All right, I got a couple more for you. Uh, December 15th, 1973, Pirates of the Caribbean at Walt Disney World opens up. What do you think, John? World or land? Oh, oh man. You know this determines really if we're going to be I, friends or not. Keep going. Uh, you ready to hang up, Nick? Uh, I, 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 know, I know what you guys want to hear, but honestly, uh, I'm going to go with world. I'm sorry. I know. Go yeah. ahead and throw the tomatoes in the food right now. No, that's okay. What you do, though, you take the safe route and you say the ride itself, land, the queue world true Ooh, i like good answer good that's answer. where you take the politic answer on that one all right yes. nick this one's for you december 15th like of 89 well, the hold same. on hold on can i oh, can i can i can i tell you which one i like yeah oh dude oh, okay. I i'm just feeling, assume, feeling I just a little left out just assumed go for it land yeah all right, thanks on. <laughs> all right move on you can't beat that blue bayou man no that makes it really special Ooh. and yeah so I do like uh, that place. we have let's see what is that 16 years after that, the same day, December 15th, Star Tours opens at what was then Disney MGM. Ooh, ooh, ooh. That's right. One of my favorite rides, and I, I could ride that over and over and over, which I did with Colin, and he absolutely loved it, man. Well, at that time, you would have seen the same thing over and over and over, but they have done some refurbishments, so now they have all these different possibilities for you. And there's rumor that they're going to refurb it even more. They're better. I mean, there's... To fit today's storyline, which is cool. 
And I, I hope I'll, I'll agree. Even today's storylines, the different. I think there's like 13 of them or something. Right. Uh, no, there's more than that. I think there's almost 50 well, combinations. I think, I think there's. I think it's like 40. I think it's 40 or 50. Like yeah. the combination is yeah crazy. There, like but that. what's weird is I always end up getting the same few, like the same three every single time I write it. I don't understand. <laughs> but they need to be updated because yeah. they're cheesy. Well, I think what they should do is that they should just build it with Star Wars Land in the back and make it, you know a lot better over just like the overall product and longer too it needs to be a longer ride right and see if they add more ride vehicles they could do that true all right moving on all right and last, they could, I got they could add bar fags too yeah bar fags that's a definite necessary sorry all right we got december 18th of 91 jim henson and buena vista home video come together and work a deal out for worldwide distribution yeah just like uh so disney has distribution rights right with yep. jim henson's pro, um promo or i should say productions um yeah smart move on disney's part to be completely honest i think there's too much and people are probably going to scream at me right now wherever they're listening on the tablet computer or car or whatever it may be i think there's a little too much muppets going on at disney hollywood studios john uh you think but, I, I mean, besides besides that whole area, like wh- where else is it besides the uh, Muppet Vision and the Kermit Shop? I mean, at studios, wh- what, where else is there Muppet stuff? It's just too much for me. That whole area, that whole lower area. <laughs> they have so their you, own fountain. You're not a fan of the restaurant that they're talking about building, then, huh? No, no, I'd go to the restaurant. I just, I don't know. I, I, I don't know, dude. My kid loves it. My kid loves it. I even used to love Muppets when I was a kid, but the older I've I've gotten, I don't know. I've 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 grown to not hate it, but just bleh, whatever. Yeah, and I turn the show on because you know they're on TV now, and you have to filter what you what you show your children on that show. Like how how really? sad is it that you have to filter what you show your children on the Muppet Show? No, like what? Yeah, what, they, what I mean they just about? have like risque jokes and stuff like that. All kinds. Of, I can't even describe it, man. There's just there were so many things where I was like, really, this is the Muppet Show. Yeah. I don't know. All right, man, that's all I got for you this week in Disney history, Nick. Awesome. Thanks a lot, dude. Hi, this is Rebecca from the Arab Animation. Um, You're listening to Mousecapades Podcast. Hey, this is Matt from Star Tours. You're listening to the Mousecapades Podcast. Have an idea, question, or want to share your experiences on the show? Contact Nick and Dave anytime. Email them at mousecapadespodcast at gmail.com. Text them at 407-674-0414. Follow Nick and Dave on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Simply search for Mousecapades Podcast. Listen to Nick and Dave on iTunes, Podcast Addict, Tune in radio and Stitcher Radio. Simply search for Mousecapades Podcast. Now, from the Mousecapades Studios, here are your hosts, Nick and Dave. Okay, folks, we're going to get down to business this week. We brought in the specialist this week. The three caballeros are going to talk to you today about the magical moments that happen at a Disney park. So we brought in John the Tiki Garden because he spends so much time in these parks that he's got to see something special. So we're going to call him our specialist today. And uh, by magical moments, we're just talking about things, you know, that make your heart melt, things that make you want to cry, things that are special at the parks that um, 
that happened to either, you know, personally, I've got some family stories that I'm going to share today, or things that you just have seen around the parks, or maybe it's just something that you really wish that you could do that you would think would be a magical moment for yourself. So we're going to kick around a few ideas and uh, uh, just see what comes up about these magical moments, we're calling them. So can I be like Donald Duck, you know, since we are the three caballeros? Can, can yeah, I be I'm trying Donald? to think of the other guys' names. What are they, John? Jose, Panchito, and yeah. Donald. Come on, Jose Donald. Panchito, yeah. I knew that. So which one do you want to be, John? I'm I got dibs. dibs on Donald. I got dibs on Jose. Okay. Oh, I'll be Pachito then. Now, Jose, is he the same one that's in uh, Tiki Room? Ooh, even better. I like that. You are correct. Wake up, Jose. You are that's you right. are correct. Yeah. It's the same. Time. The same. I like it. It's All right. <laughs> so how do you want this format to go? I have about five or six of them. We can, we can go roundabout. John, you can go first. I guess I'll go second. Um, no, let's go John, Dave, and, and then myself, if that's cool with you guys. So, John, hook us up with the first, uh, right. and I don't know if they're going to be in any order. You guys want to put these in order from your top five, like five being uh, the lowest and one being the most magical moment that you ever witnessed or personally, or are we just going to want to go with the flow, yeah, let it roll? Just, just throw them out there. I kind of put, put mine into three categories, things that have happened to me, Ooh. things that have happened to my kids, and things that just are available to people at the park if they're super lucky. Very cool. All right, so, John, why don't you hit us off with – Hit us off with one of them first. Magical moments at Disney World. All right. So since we're going to go in no particular order, I'm, I'm going to start off with my most recent one. And I'm going to start off with a, with a pretty darn good one, I think. So my going back to the three caballeros, this is the topic I'm going to be talking about here. So my son is in love with the movie, The Three Caballeros, as well as he's in love with the Grand Fiesta Tour at the Mexico Pavilion uh, at Epcot. We ride it multiple times every time we go to Epcot. But this past Monday was my son's birthday. He just turned two, and we went to Epcot. And on that particular day, we rode the ride seven times. Oh, my we gosh. We split it up uh, the first time. Yes, we had <laughs> we had four rides in a row the first time. At, we, when we got to the end of the ride, we just kept asking the cast member if we could go again. <laughs> we did that four times the first time. <laughs> Then we took a break and came back at the end of the night and did the same thing three times in a row. Well, anyways, where I'm going with this is um, the last time when we got achieved our seventh ride, the cast member that was uh, operating the boats gave us a magical moment card. I don't know if you guys have ever gotten these at Disney or not or at Epcot or any of the parks. I've but only seen them. It's just a card that really. Okay. I, well, no, so no, I've only seen them like on is, like on on like Instagram or something. Okay. So it's just like a little three-by-five card that says Walt Disney World and has, like, a date and a time and what made the, um, I don't know, made the period uh, a magical moment for whatever reason. Really? So anyways, the cast member wrote down on the card with the date and the time that we rode the ride multiple times. And here's the key part. He wrote on it that this was good. This was a magical fast pass for us at any time. Okay. <laughs> so at the when he gave it to when he gave it to us, I didn't think anything of it. Went home that night, and then Tuesday we went back to Epcot, and we went with uh, my family that's in town. We went to the Grand Fiesta tour again. Well, we we got into the Mexico Pavilion, and we're getting ready to ride the ride. There was a huge line. No for way, the ride <laughs> that never happens. People, yes, I, no. I'm t so since the animatronics are there now, people are getting word about it. So there has been. Some pretty long waits for the ride, surprisingly. But anyways, I noticed the cast member at the front 
um, right by the ride entrance was the same guy from yesterday. And we waved at him and said hello and asked if he remembered us, which of course he did. And he took us through the handicap line and pushed us through ahead of every single person in the line. And it was probably a 15 or 20 minute wait that we just completely bypassed and he put us on the boat immediately. Nice. That is magic. You know, I didn't even know that they made these things called magical moment cards. Yeah, Yeah, they're pretty cool. Look them up on uh, Google. Is that where you got this idea? John. No, you, Nick. Me? Is that where you got that? the idea? Oh, no, no. I was just thinking about, no, it just popped in my head. You know, okay. I'm out here at Whiteman, and I can't sleep, and it was like 3 a.m., and I'm just like, magical moments. That's All what right. we're doing. I don't know. It just popped <laughs> in my head. Hey, it works. Yeah, no, but they, they, they're cards that I give out to uh, people to help, like, remember the, remember the special times on that their vacation awesome. or whatever. But anyways, yeah, that's what happened. We have an unlimited fast pass uh, as long as the same guy's working. At Grand Fiesta Tour. Better hold on to that, baby. That is cool, man. Uh, Dave, what do you got for us? Yep. All right, so I'm going to start from one from my childhood here. This is uh, – you ask anybody in my immediate family, and they can tell you the story about this. So I was probably seven years old at the time, and you know, my family went to Daytona Beach every year, still do to this day in the summer. Uh, and then we drive from Daytona and spend a day at the Magic Kingdom. Growing up, that was – every year we did this, so – I was about seven years old, and we're walking around the parks, and I I was talking to my mom about this the other day, and it it was a whole different world back then. Like, you could just see characters walking around in the parks, and sometimes they didn't even have handlers with them. And no line, nobody mobbing them, nobody trying to get their picture taken with them or anything. Just walk in the park. So uh, we're walking around the park in between rides, and uh, Snow White comes up to us and starts talking to us. My favorite. Yeah, so she stops right in the middle of the park. We're having a conversation, and so my family finally said, "Hey, we're we're gonna get a picture." You know, my dad probably fumbled around trying to get the camera out and stuff. So she's trying to probably make us not be an uncomfortable moment and and steal some conversation, whatever. Anyway, uh, he finally gets the camera out. He's getting ready to take the picture, and Snow White uh, bends down and kisses me right on the cheek. Oh, and we yeah, have and yeah. we have the picture of that to this day. It's hanging up in my parents' basement. This, this kiss from Snow White. And from that from that day on, she was my favorite. That's awesome. She's my favorite as well. I think the current Snow White right now is the best. And I'd, fight, I'd fight you for her. You're jealous, aren't you? I am jealous, yes. <laughs> so that was pretty magical to me. <laughs> that is awesome. I don't think I've ever... Yeah, getting a kiss from Snow White, what's better than that? Nothing. So, yeah, she picked you over the Seven Dwarfs. And my stepbrother. Yeah, and your stepbrother. <laughs> <laughs> so here's my magical moment. Uh, a couple years ago, at the Art of Animation, which is probably my favorite resort right now, uh, Colin fell and hit his head on a wall and uh, was screaming. We were out by the vending machines. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this uh, cast member was like super freakishly fast at responding. I know I've told you guys this before. But uh, it's like he manifested in thin air right in front of us. He grabbed some ice and a rag and, and took control of the situation, took total control of the situation of taking care of Colin and calming him down and just talking to him and rubbing his head. And But uh, he might as well just given me a chair and a Coke and just sit back and relax because I didn't have to do a darn thing, you guys. It was truly amazing. It was, it was, it was an amazing experience to watch, just to watch this on Colin's expense. Uh, so, I mean, it was just, it was crazy how this person, and that's part of the four keys, you know, safety for a cast member. He ran, I swear, he vanished out of nowhere. It could have been a ghost. And he just totally took control of the situation and calmed Colin down. 
So are you telling me your magical moment was your son hitting his head on the concrete? Yep. Oh, okay. Just verifying that. No, no, it's <laughs> that's one. It's just yeah, it's a magical moment. But I mean, classified under the one of the four keys, which is safety. You know, for the cast members, he was that cast member was there. Like you could have snapped, and a cast member like those, like those insurance commercials. He was just there. So magical moment and uh, is a synonym for lawsuit moment, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So <laughs> it, it was crazy because hey, like goes to that's cool. This this cast member like played dad, you yeah. know, for like the next minute or two, and did a much better job of calming Colin down than I probably ever could have because it was someone different. Right. And it was just truly amazing to watch this person care for my child. So that's all I got, you know, for my cool. first magical moment, John. Hit us up, dude. All right. So I'm going back a couple years ago, going back to uh, my wife and I's baby moon. Um, Right before we had my son, we took one final trip to uh, Walt Disney World. And we did, well, that time we did a split stay and we're staying at Caribbean Beach for a couple nights. And then we splurged and got a contemporary. We stayed at the contemporary for one night. And we decided we were going to really splurge and get the Tower View theme park view. Now, they had a nice little discount going on the time of like 35% off, so it wasn't as bad. However, it was still very expensive. But where I'm going with this is when we checked in for our night, um, and this is something I always tell everybody, is please treat the cast members like they're human beings and just, you know, talk to them kind of like how we're talking to each other. You know, just they, they are people at the end of the day. I spoke to the cast member that was checking us in, just making a casual conversation with them. I don't know if how I was treating him had anything to do with what happened or not, but we ended up getting um, upgraded to concierge-level tower nice. theme park view, which was like, you know, another three or $400 a night on top wow. of the rate we were going to pay com- completely for free. So it made, and this was the last night of our baby moon, so we got to relax in our room watching Wishes, from our balcony, just kind of hanging out, um, enjoying it. It was absolutely amazing, and it's something I'll never forget. Yeah, and I have to jump in and kind of piggyback on that one because that was on my list of magical moments was this past summer we we did kind of the same thing. Uh, my family went to go check in at Wilderness Lodge, and, and boom, the next thing you know, we're in a two-bedroom suite at the, D, uh, the DVC club over there. I wonder if it has anything to do with us just spending one night, because you said you just spent one night there, right? Yep. I, we had done a split stay where we did like three or four nights at Caribbean Beach, and then we're having one crazy good night at Contemporary. Yeah. That is awesome, man. That's awesome. I, next time I go, I'm going to spend one night at each of the deluxe resorts and see if I get the upgrade at every place. <laughs> that would be something cool to, to see. Uh, who am I kidding, dude? I'll never spend one night at those places. All right, so go ahead, Dave. Uh, are you piggybacking, or do you got something different? No, I can do a new one. That was that was just the uh, the rebuttal to okay. go, to go with John. So um, <laughs> let's see. I got I have a lot to to go from here. I'm gonna go with my kids, and I I got you know technology is great because you can share this because uh, I have two videos that that I might if I can pull them up I'll post them to this this week's show notes. And uh, the first one was my daughter's first trip to Disney World. She was uh, five at the time, so. We get there, we're staying at um, Pop Century, and we had it rigged up. We, we typed up a little note, 
and someone rushed ahead to get into the room before she did, and it, and it was a uh, it was an invitation to Cinderella's royal banquet over at the Grand Floridian. So she got an invitation from the royal family, which she didn't really know much about it at the time. You know, five. She's like, "What is it? Okay, let's do it." And uh, so so we go, and it, you know, the first time your child ever meets one of those characters is is a super special time so that's a magical moment upon itself so we get there we're walking in there's cinderella you know over on the side greeting other families whatever and so we sit down and we're eating and then once an hour they play music and cinderella and prince charming dance right in the middle of the restaurant so uh so that happens they start their dancing and then uh you know a couple seconds into the song they kind of bow and curtsy and then they go off and they find people to dance with so there's like five Cinderellas that jump up and are like waiting for Cinderella to be done dance so that she can dance with these kids, right? And we had no idea about this, and my daughter's shy. She wouldn't have done it anyway. Cinderella totally ignores all of those girls lined up, walks over to my daughter who's eating dinner with her Cinderella uh, dress on, and asks her to dance with her. That's awesome. And it was probably one of the most magical moments that I can even think of. And you'll remember that forever. Oh, yeah, dude. dude. And, I mean, like I said, technology, I can go upstairs right now and watch it if I want to. And, uh, I mean, <laughs> and then so then to add on to that magical moment was Prince Charming comes over to sign uh, her book, her autograph book. And dance with you. And and he's, he's trying to talk to her, right? Right. She, she wants nothing to do with this guy. I mean, he's leaning down, trying to be nice, and she's got the cold shoulder going on, totally turning away from him and not answering his questions. And finally, I felt so bad for the guy. He stands up and he says, does anybody else want a picture or an autograph? And luckily, <laughs> we were with a couple of little teenage girls that, that went over and got their picture taken. But that part was almost as funny as Cinderella's uh, magical moment was with my daughter. So that see, one was probably one of the best moments ever. That is exactly what I'm talking about. Personal magical moments. That yeah. is something you will you will remember that until the day you die. That was your heaven on earth right there to watch your daughter. Yeah, it was. You know, be in her own bubble and where fantasy becomes a reality. And yeah. it, that's what it's all about. That's why we love going there. If you're three or a hundred years old, it doesn't matter. You yep. know? Yep. So here's mine. Uh, we're touring Disney Hollywood Studios, and a cast member, and Dave, you know the story. Uh, John, I don't know if you do. A cast member at Star Tours uh, noticed our Mousecapade shirt and had heard of us and was like, oh, Mousecapade's podcast, you know? And he said that, you know, not only did uh, he listen to our podcast, but he said we have by far the coolest logo, which I thought was kind of cool. And uh, he, he went <laughs> on to make our day just that much more magical by telling us, hey, why don't you guys come back in an hour? And I'll have a surprise for your son, Colin. Well, that was pretty cool. It was like we got we had an hour to think about what was going to happen. So we went on our way. I think we even ate dinner. We went out and had dinner, and then we came back. When we, we returned, he knighted Colin with an autographed Jedi Academy Darth Vader dark side lightsaber that was signed Lord Vader himself. And I just thought that was just an awesome Whoa. experience. Yeah, just thought that was cool. That That's really made really Colin's cool. day. It made yeah. my day. And it was just – that's sort of like with – okay, with you, Dave, you know, and, and your daughter dancing with Cinderella. Right. Like for me, for my boy, getting knighted and it's Darth Vader's yeah. lightsaber and it's signed by Lord Vader. And Colin knew exactly what it was. Yeah. And he went crazy. It's the same type of thing. Yeah. And it, it was awesome. It, I mean I was in my own little – bubble as well and and just for a split second uh i felt like a child all over again 
Yeah. I was so excited for Colin. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, you just can't buy moments like that. And we've we've talked a lot on this show about the price of everything. And right. you know what? Those two moments, the ones that right. you and I just shared, and, and even John with his son riding the, and you know the unlimited fast pass forever. You can't buy those moments. Like those are things no. that you will never have the opportunity to buy. They just happen, and that's why we go. And you and I would and I would though I would pay any amount. I mean, right. we do complain about the prices and how they're going up in price on the middle class. But for those split seconds that seem like eternity, it is a religious experience. It truly is. And I sound crazy. I know people listening are probably like they get it. Some probably won't, but it is a religious experience, and they have you, and you're willing to fork out all the money in the world to see your son or yep. daughter uh in that manner it's just they're in awe and our kids grow up so fast and you know there'll be a time where colin won't be a kid anymore and i i won't have him to to take him to disney world or disneyland and to see those magical moments again so i'm going to savor and and keep them all you know so yeah that's what it is all about tonight is these magical moments john what do you have well, I'm I'm gonna go grab some tissues because I'm gonna, I'm gonna round out uh, our fatherhood stuff here with uh, awesome. the the father son moments that we or the father daughter father son moments we all keep sharing here because I just had I had a quickie quick one here uh, like I said my son just turned two the other day and we went to the Magic Kingdom the day before his birthday and made it a point that we wanted to do the Mickey Mouse meet and greet on Main Street which is amazing for anybody that hasn't gone to Disney World in the past couple of years and got to experience the meet and greet with the talking Mickey. That, it's, a, it's amazing, and I highly re- I can't recommend it enough to anybody. Oh, it's but awesome. But anyways, um, it, it's, it's so cool. It's so much fun. But we got into the meet and greet and put my son down on the ground. My son, you know, we've been taking him to Disney World since April of this year, and we always do meet and greets, and he's very, very comfortable with doing them. He doesn't freak out. He smiles, he laughs. Of course, he tries to pull their noses off every single time, <laughs> which I always freak out. That the cast member is going to, you know, freak out that that happens. Right. But um, my son, for the past like month or so, has been running up to all the characters, and it like just melts my heart every single time seeing him do it. It doesn't even matter what character it is. I mean, he loves Minnie Mouse, Mickey, Goofy, Donald. But he does it to everyone. I just put him down on the ground, and he runs full speed into them and hugs them. It just it seriously melts my heart every single time. And when we met Mickey Mouse this past uh, Sunday, the day before his birthday, we told Mickey that it was my son Lucas's birthday. And Talking Mickey actually sang happy birthday to him along with everybody else that was wow. in the area with us. So awesome. it, it really was just amazing. We didn't get it on camera, but... I know that's something I'll never forget. It was just, you know, my wife and I soaking up the moment of, you know, being there with my son, and it was it was amazing. You know, sometimes it's best not to even film it or take pictures. My family makes fun of me all the time because I won't. When I'm at Disney World, I take a couple, but I don't take a lot of pictures because I always say it's in my it's in my mind. I'll have them there forever because I really want to take in that mm-hmm. moment. I don't want to look through a lens. Right. 
You know, I want to I want to feel the environment. I want to be perceptive to everything that's going on. And that just goes back to that religious experience. People are think I'm nuts, but that's how I am when I'm at Disney. I am absorbing and sucking everything in from the environment. Now, can I piggyback off of those meet and greets real quick, guys, if you don't mind? Colin is in love with Minnie Mouse. And John, yeah, I can totally relate when we do these meet and greets. He's done the talking Mickey and stuff like that. But like over in Epcot, where he'll see, you know, all the characters, uh, he truly is in love with Minnie Mouse, and Minnie will give him kisses all the time. This last time, the photographer had him roll up his uh, magic band in, in a ring, like small enough for a ring to pose to her, and she said yes and, and gave a big old yeah. hug and a kiss. And then we got all those pictures. The cameraman did it. I didn't take them because I was just watching. But to see my son's face, and yeah. he was embarrassed, but then he was in love back to embarrassed, back to I don't care, I'm in love. And he just stared in Minnie Mouse's eyes. And I think for a couple minutes there, nothing in that that room, no one else existed in his world but him and Minnie. It was was truly cute. It was was pretty cool. So, Dave, what do you got for us, brother? Um, Well, you know, I do have one more that I'll just mention quick, but this one doesn't count as my as my magical moment. <laughs> That's fine. Go Although ahead. it is, it's uh you know this last trip was my son's last uh, first trip to Disney, and and we have a pretty classic photo of it, and I remember because I was the only one there. My wife and daughter were over eating some uh, lunch, and I said, well you know we have this opportunity right now where you're going to sit and eat lunch. Buzz and Woody are right there. The line's not that long. Let's do this. So uh, so Max and I went over and waited in line for Buzz and Woody. And, you know, he's got the dolls and he plays Buzz Lightyear all the time. He's got the little people Buzz Lightyear, you know, spaceship and everything. So uh, so he got the opportunity to meet them. And just like you guys were saying, he just ran full force into them with the big hug and just, you know, they they just do it upright. But then coming away from from their meet and greet, he's walking towards me and just strutting. And he just has this priceless look on his face like. That just happened, Dad. Like, yeah. that just happened. That just happened, dude. Like, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> so, you know, I got to have two because I have two kids, but that one was pretty priceless to me. To, to capture that moment and have that forever is, is I like, I'll look at that picture when I'm down and just, it just makes you laugh, dude. So like, he, had that cock, he had that cocky walk yeah, and he like, walked back, dude. Eyes real big, kind of grin, like, yeah, you know that just, that just happened to me. That was Buzz Lightyear, Dad. Yeah. yeah. So, all right, so. One that I'm gonna actually combine a couple of things for my my next magical moment, and this goes back to my childhood again. And uh, w- there were things that I could count on every year. Every year I could count on getting a Mickey Mouse balloon, two yep. big ears. You know, next day it'd be completely deflated. Uh, I could count on that. I could count on getting ice cream on Main Street, and watching the electrical parade over in Frontierland. And then this is one I I don't know if you guys will know this or if somebody out there knows the answer to this, but when that was done, we would always walk to our car, and it was like I think we actually had to walk around Seven Seas Lagoon because you know my dad's always looking for the fastest way to get to the car. So you know the monorails and the ferries were so crowded because Main Street Electrical Parade's over, you might as well go home for the night and have extra magic hours and all that when we were kids. So. I remember specifically every year taking this long walk, and I thought it was like on almost like a boat dock type of thing. Every year when I was a kid, we took it back to our car, and I don't know what, why I remember that or what it even was, but I'm hoping that maybe somebody out there can tell me because I don't know the answer to that one. But those moments that I could count on every year when I was a kid, those were special moments to me. 
That's awesome, dude. Yeah, look, I would suggest looking at a map from that time yeah. to see what's out there and what's around. Um, but you're absolutely right, man. As a kid, there's nothing better than that. Those are your those are your go-tos, you know, every single night you're at the Magic Kingdom. Right. And surely, yeah, you're not going to forget something like that. That is in that will that will be in you forever, and I'm sure you're going to uh, provide the same experience for oh, your yeah. kiddos, you know. Oh yeah. Those are traditions. They they just keep going. See, and your dad, I mean, he's probably going to listen to this podcast, but I mean, and I'm sure you've already shared this with him, but it's like you just don't know what you're doing for your children right? Uh, when you do these things. Like here you are, Dave, a grown man in his late 30s, and you still remember that, and I'm watching you as you as you say that story or tell us, yeah. and your eyes are wide, and <laughs> you're there. You're there for the for that last minute. You were there, yeah. and that that's what's so cool about these magical moments. That's what's so cool about Disney. I agree. See, Okay, so mine, my next one, it takes place, again, at the Art of Animation, but what I also love to do, other than talk Disney, I love to eat. So this is at the Landscape Mm -hmm. of Flavors. At the Art of Animation, I had accidentally ordered uh, a mushroom, or uh, excuse me, a Philly cheesesteak with mushrooms. But the thing is, guys, I don't like mushrooms. As soon as it was handed to me, yeah, as soon as it was handed to me, uh, by the cook, I immediately realized my my mistake, and I knew there was no way I was gonna waste my counter service meal on something that you know I just wasn't going to eat. Uh, so what did I do? <laughs> I sent I, it back. I I did, but I knew if I just sent it back, I, I don't know what would have happened. They probably would have said I'm sorry. But so I made up a story and explained that I was allergic to mushrooms awesome. and politely asked the head cook if she could make me an, another one and um she was quick to deliver you know one thing that i've learned about eating at the various disney locations is that if you ask for something different because uh, because of your mistake it's fit it's a 50 50 toss-up but if you say it's because something you're allergic to they are 100 percent quick to replace it for you if you if you tell me you have food allergies, yeah. So Mia did that same thing. She was about mm-hmm. to break down. We were at be yeah. our guest, and uh, I must have ordered the wrong thing. So she's like, "I wanted this," and and the waiter heard, and he's like, "Boom!" and got her the right thing. And I was like, "Thank God," because oh, that is awesome. this child was about to have a meltdown on exactly. Me. So I mean, <laughs> and they're quick about it, like 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 from Dash from The Incredibles. You know, they're like super fast on it. Yeah, yeah, which is awesome. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's my magical moment, kind of like a. I kind of lied and and created my own magical moment, <laughs> but uh, no man, you know if if they will if you're allergic to something they're quick to replace it. They they want to accommodate you. So uh, John, what do you have for us, bud? Yeah, so I'm I'm going all the way back to my trip, my first trip to Disney World, and my very first experience. Well, not my first experience, but you know what pretty much cemented my love for Disney was that first day of going to the Magic Kingdom. And we literally were there from 8 o'clock in the morning for rope drop all the way until 3 o'clock in the morning for yeah. extra magic hours. Yeah, boy. Did not, we did not, take, did not take any breaks back to the resort. We were, we were full throttle into the whole day at Magic Kingdom, just my wife and I. Um, but anyways, we you know, had been there. We were there till 3 o'clock in the morning when the park was closed, about 15 minutes before... The park closed. Uh, we were in Fantasyland, walking around, and it had been raining for like the past three or four hours. 
Uh, we were wearing our ponchos and just making the best of the situation because we didn't know when we were going to be coming back again. So we didn't want to leave early and had still, you know, some things that we wanted to re-ride and do whatever. But um, we were just in Fantasyland walking around, going to the next ride. And out of nowhere, we see a group of cast members holding umbrellas for Mickey Mouse, Minnie, Donald, and Chippendale. And they were all holding hands together skipping towards the castle. And I was like, well, that's kind of weird. I wonder, you know, what's going on with that? But anyways, we, we ended up following them. They went under the castle and were doing a last-minute meet-and-greet for people that had hung around in the park that late. Wow. So it, we, my wife and I, we had, we had our ponchos on, but our clothes were still soaked. Um, we got pictures of all of those characters underneath the castle with the really cool... Um, uh, the, I forget what you call it, the jewels and stuff that are in the background inside of the right. castle. You guys know what I'm like. I forget what yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, like the story of Cinderella, you know, that, that backdrop thing. Um, but just the, my wife and I, we look back on those pictures sometimes, and just the looks on our faces are just so genuine, you know. Like it's one of those things you look back the the handful of times in your life where you know you were truly and genuinely happy you can just like tell by the look on your face and both my wife and i had that look and we loved looking back on those pictures and just remembering what it was like being in that moment that's awesome yeah and that's rare too that that's that's something that you have that not very many people can say they have yeah and like i said it was crazy because there was literally cast members walking behind them holding up umbrellas so they wouldn't get rained on. It was just, it was, it was a really weird situation and it just ended up being so cool. And I'm glad we followed them and got to do that. Yeah, no doubt. All right. So my next one, uh, let's see, I'll choose this one from my list here. Cause you know, there's, I, I do have so many that it, it's, we do have to limit because no, we can go, dude, we can go all dude. Well, we can talk about all of them. It's fine. All right. So my next one comes, uh, to my daughter's first trip to, to Disneyland. And uh, we took my daughter there for, uh, I think, five days. We went out to California and did some other things, too, out there. But uh, she is a huge fanatic for cars. And it, this was right as soon as we found out that they were building Cars Land, we were, we were on it. We were like, all right, we have got to do this trip because I had wanted to go anyway. I hadn't been since I was like 10. Um, she has – she made – and you go out and buy the miniatures of all the different places on, on – um, in Radiator Springs, but she actually made like out of toilet paper tubes and duct tape and fishing line and stuff like that. She made the main street on uh, Radiator Springs and has her little cars that she used to drive all over the place. So that's how gung ho she is. Well, we took her to Radiator Racers, and when we got to uh, the gate, I said, "You're getting blindfolded." So we blindfolded her, or put my hands over her eyes, and walked her all the way up to the entrance of of Cars Land, and. The second you take, the second I took my hands off of her eyes, that was the magical moment because, you know, I don't care how much money they spend on Cars Land. If people think it's it's cool or it's not, you know, that moment right there for her was worth the entire trip for us. That's the only area, or the I mean, the only area out of I would say Disneyland and Disney World, you two, where I really do feel like you're immersed into the cartoon. Yeah, that is the one area, the one land. That Radiator Springs main drive, yeah. that you feel like you're in Radiator Springs. And we can only hope that that's the, what they're going to do with Pandora, and that's what they're going to do with Star, Star Wars Land, yeah, and Toy Story Land. 
I hope. So I'm going to take us over, back over. I'm sorry, but, you know, I sp- <laughs> Art of Anim- Animation again, guys. Sorry. So I ran into this dude. Wow. Named- yeah, I know, right? Well, he doesn't get- branch out much. No, we're going to get out of here after this. So <laughs> seriously. So I ran into this kid named Mason at the Art of Animation. You can follow him on Instagram by typing in Mason underscore illustrations. Anywho, he was sitting at a table eating lunch, and he had two cast members, guys, with him. Two girl cast members, by the way. So good on him. Good job, Mason. Yeah. Uh, Anywho, they were playing cards together, okay? Not that kind of card game, but they're playing cards together. (laughs) And he had his sketchbook out with all of his drawings. I could see, uh, I, I saw his sketchbook and I could tell that he was like just, he was just uber talented. I decided to walk over and I asked him, hey dude, can I just look at your sketchbook real quick? Because I mean, that's what I did notice. I noticed all these drawings and they looked really good. I could see them from across the way. I was honestly just simply amazed by what I saw. He was really, really, really talented, you guys. And, um, I so, Dave, I still want to get him on our show, by the way. I do have his parents' contact yeah. info, and we really need to get him on because they were all gun-ho about coming on our show. We and talked I, about that. And I know we did, and it never happened. So, anywho, more cast members started to congregate due to the fact that other families were crowding uh, the table and looking at his artwork. Uh, as he talked about he, – he talked about how Disney actually gave him, like, a one-year free ride to study under some other, like, Disney animator – and while he's telling the story, like, more and more people started crowding the area, and it was, like, super crazy. Uh, he had, like, a huge gaggle uh, around him that, that he just – it caught the attention of everyone at the Landscape of Flavors. And, like, the head supervisor even walked over, and he saw – he was trying to see what all the commotion was about. He, too, was amazed on what he learned and what he saw from this young kiddo. So he decided to play, like, a series of little competition or a little series of games with Mason – and it was all about artwork. And so he said, since we are at the art of animation, this is what I want you to do. First, he had to draw, like, Disney characters in front of all these people in his sketchbook, which is, like, pencil and paper. And and, since, and then when you pass that test, he's like, all right, I'm going to give you a water bottle. And all you can do is squirt water on a table, but you have to draw characters out of the water. And that's exactly what he did. He drew what? characters. Yes. He drew these characters by just spraying water. And it looked just like you would see in the cartoons. It was simply amazing. And this kid was like 14. That's awesome. You know? Uh, then he brought over like a whole bunch of spices from the back of the kitchen and just dumped them all over the table where Mason was sitting and told him that if, if he could draw a character out of these spices that he'd have a special surprise for him. Well, guess what happened next, y'all? Mason performed and accomplished this task. He drew Stitch out of various cooking spices and it just looks simply amazing. You guys can find this on our uh, on our Instagram feed. You know, if you go to Mouse Capades Podcast, you can actually see this. The director left for a second time and then came back with a huge Disney, like, those sketch pad combo sets, you know, that you see in the gift shops for, like, 50 bucks and gave it to him. Mm-hmm. When it was all said and done, man, the cast members uh, taped off the area. You know, to display his artwork for the next was, couple of days, like it, it was, was his that own. Good. Yeah, no, it was like it was his own or exhibit or whatever. And no one was allowed to sit there. No one was allowed to eat food right next to it for days. They just they roped it off, dude. It was it was pretty cool. So That's I mean awesome. that yeah that was That's just a really cool story. 
Yeah, I had to mention it, and I trust me, we're out of the art, an, art of animation after that. Promise. <laughs> <laughs> so that was just really neat, just to just to see that and how everyone got involved at the art of animation. It wasn't just the cast members, but it was all the families from all over the world that were huddling around this this kid. It and it was something that was totally not even planned by Disney. It was just no, this kid not, came in. No, these how two cast members that? That's awesome. decided to sit next to him because they saw his sketchbook, and he had some cards with them, and they were on break, and so they're just playing cards. Right. That's how it started off. Cool. And Aaron was like, dude, wow. I gotta go check out his sketchbook. And like, I could see it from where we were sitting. And he drew all the stuff, guys. Like, he wasn't even looking at a picture. Like, this kid's way better than me. I can draw some things with, in the vision of, you know, my own vision, like in my own head, but... For the most part, I have to have something to look at. This kid was amazing. He can just think of it and do it. And it was he's going to be working for Disney one of these days. So as we round out part one of our Magical Moments episode, Nick, didn't you want to talk to the viewers or, or tell them something or let them listen to something? Yeah, last week, you know, I had mentioned Harry Connick Jr., how I got to talk to that person when I was stationed at Nellis Air Force Base and how I grew up listening to his music. And during our marathon a few years back at the Magic Kingdom, uh, they had a choir singing one of his songs. Well, I am going to leave you, the listeners, with the song that I heard, which was another magical moment for me. And by by the way, it was my first ever marathon. They were playing one of my childhood songs. It was a choir. They should have just had people bouncing on trampolines like like that movie uh, Blues Brothers. I, I, I would admit, yeah, you know what? I kind of teared up when I was running through with all these people clapping and cheering for me and shouting my name. They don't even know me, and they're saying, you can do it, Nick. Just one more straight away. It's right there. You're doing a great job. Keep going. And Harry Connick is playing, and it's a Baptist <laughs> choir that's singing the song. Well... I am going to leave that with you tonight, my friends. So I just want to say thank you for listening to another episode of the number one podcast that entertains that space between your ears, the Nick and Dave Mousecapades podcast. I think it's about that time, guys. What do we always say, John, when we finish up our show? Peace. Peace. Have a magical day, my friends.
set my shoulders straight Took a deep Let's go. 